Hey, guys. Um, hi, we're back with Dallas Geek. I'm Mike. No, Brad. Brad. I'm Brad. That's Mike. <laughs> and down here we have our great friend David from the uh, last call podcast. Um, oh, oh man. Oh, guys, this is, uh, this is gonna be something. Uh, all I know is Mike suggested that we would, uh, stray from the norm. He, he, he suggested we, we, we would try this whole sports thing. And, I mean, I, I, I got into it. I, I got into it. I, I was committed. I may have gone a little too far. Uh, I, I feel like I went down a rabbit hole. I, I don't know if I can really come back. Um... Guys, how y'all doing? Uh, oh, I, 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 think, I think I need another one of these. I, I, I don't know. Uh, yeah. mm, Thank you. Mm. Oh, God. Brad, you <laughs> how you doing? Come. Brad, you look like a combo oh, of Mike and uh, the kid in uh, Wedding Crashers. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> <clears throat> <clears throat> uh, yeah, God. well, uh. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Mike, you doing all right? It's been a little while. You good? 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 Yeah, good? good? Okay, cool. I'm good. Mike, get control of yourself. I cannot believe we're going to be talking sports on Dallas Geek. Oh, my God. I never Woo! thought I'd see the day. Yeah, uh, sports. No, that, that that's definitely what we're talking about. Um, oh, boy. Uh, and specifically, baseball. Uh, yes. Baseball is the thing that we're talking about. It's baseball movies. It, it's it's nerd-adjacent, so, you know, it, it qualifies, apparently. Um, I've got, hey, Brad, I've got my, in honor of Mike. See, Mike thought this was a Red Sox shirt. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's actually a Red Locks shirt. Um, uh, I, you know, okay. yeah, I need yeah. to bring the, you know, some of the Jewish tribe to this, uh, podcast. Uh, and I have my Texas Rangers thing. Mike, congratulations to the Red Sox. Brad, I know you're, you're right on this. Like you are with any sports, but the Red Sox are yes. currently the worst team in the American league. Yes. The Red Sox are a, uh, a baseball team, uh, a very popular one, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that, that's definitely right. Yeah. 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 Yes. And they're, and they're that's bad. Right. They're really, really bad right now. Like they suck. Right, still got the Celtics. Okay. <laughs> <sighs> okay. You know uh, he's kind of oh. like now he's like the guy in anger management who's listening to the Sixers game. <laughs> the anger sharks are swimming in my head. <laughs> I, I I feel like Wait, Brad, I feel like there's something. Do you have do you have dirt underneath your eyes? No, 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 no. Uh, th th these are just the bags from the, uh, the, the, the sleepless nights of research uh, that I did going down this, uh, th th this just infinite hole that it, it never stopped. It, it, it never stopped. There, there's, uh, th th there were innings. There, there were fouls. There, there were uh, RBIs, th things that I had learned. It was, it never ended. It just kept going and going. First of all, I thought the pandemic was supposed all, to mean not... there were no sports. First of all, RBI stands for runs batted in, so it's not RBIs, it's just RBI. It's already plural. Second of all, 
Is okay, it an well, infinite th- thank hole you. in James thank Harden's you. favorite strip club? <laughs> I, I, uh, uh. You just about you just about broke Brad. Um, Brad, the only <laughs> thing I need you to do is can you do the uh, the Mike Brookwood slapping hands together and getting excited? You can do it. You can pull it off. You can pull it I off. Just, Find your I inner zen. Was that right? Was that was that was that right? No, you got it. I I don't know anymore. Together, like you're Mr. Miyagi, you know, doing the heat. <laughs> yes, there it is. There it is. That's Mike Rookwood uh, before any sporting event I've ever seen. <laughs> uh you can both. But go before. Ahead. Before we uh, get get too far off track, uh, I, I feel like there's something uh, that I'm I'm, I'm forgetting. I'm forget- Oh oh, uh, necessary shilling, guys. Um, <laughs> if you like our stuff uh, and you've seen us before, or if this is your first time, if this is your first time, I am terribly sorry. This is your first experience with us, but um, if you end up liking what we do, uh, I feel like and Brad want to see said more, the same thing when. Uh... Well, you know what? Never mind. Uh, and and you'd like to go see more shirt. of us. I uh, love that shirt. <laughs> don't, don't forget, uh, you can always uh, follow us and like our videos over on Facebook. You can uh, like and subscribe over on YouTube. And, of course, if you end up liking us but don't always have time for uh, the, the, the videos, yeah, the, uh, the videos, um, uh, you want to be able to hear more of us for whatever reason you may want to, uh, you can always go check us out on Apple Podcast, uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio, uh, Google Play, which apparently is becoming uh, Google Podcast, apparently, uh, and uh, Stitcher. Uh, yes, you, you can go check out the audio of our stuff over there, our, our interviews, our live streams, all of our stuff, and uh, check us out. So, yeah, uh, thank you, and um, seriously, I really have to apologize if this is your first time uh, witnessing this. Uh, they broke me. I I'm sorry, I feel like but they Brad's broke me. trying to do. Uh, I feel like Brad's trying to do like his best representation of baseball in the '70s, where guys were just coked out of their minds left and right. '70s. I, mean, I, I thought they were. I thought they were still coked out of their minds. No. Did, did I? Did I no, misunderstand? No, no, no. Now we're on steroids. I, I... No. Oh, now, no, now no, no, no. They're, they're, they're That's it. Okay. Coke. They're still coke. Daryl Strawberry was at a Trump rally the other day. They're still cocaine. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, well, hey, if Daryl's around, you know right. there's a party. <laughs> hey, okay. hey uh, quick question, Brad. Last time I was on yes. here, we did that amazing trivia contest. I just want to have yes. a quick, fun question for you. Can you tell me who the inventor of baseball is? Was a guy. Very uh, good. You got it. He was an American guy. Was? Do you know who was it, Mike? Uh, I, I actually, off the top of my head, I don't. Abner Doubleday. I know it was a doctor. There you go, Brad. Thank you. Abner Doubleday, my friend. Awesome. Uh, Brad is now, so guys... happy that that man created this sport. <laughs> like, right now, he looks like Pattinson looks at the like... end of the... He's got a he looks like Pattinson at the end of the Batman lights. trailer. Yep. <laughs> Actually, he's starting to look like what's his name, Mike, the guy on Gotham. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The penguin, the penguin, <laughs> whoever yeah. plays the penguin, what's his name? <laughs> well, I just need Brad, Brad to beat the hell Brad's out of some dude with clown. because he knows I'm right. That's who he looks like I just need, right now. <laughs> I need I need Brad to beat the hell out of some guy with clown makeup and say I'm vengeance. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. The haircut is the best. The haircut, I've never seen Brad with that hair. That is unbelievable. He uh, looks like me in my early 20s. Mike, so, he looks like Darian Hatcher on the bench. <laughs> so, um, I have to say, uh, there, there is, uh, a theory I have. Uh, after diving into all this, um, I, I have a theory about baseball movies. Um, it, it's it makes sense. It, it, it's the only thing that makes sense. Um, baseball movies are superhero movies for jocks. Same formula, same everything. Follow me on this. So, superhero <laughs> movie. You have. The, the guy, the, the, the girl, the, the whoever, the, the, the hero uh, that has to, uh, that the believes that they are the hero or they are the, uh, the, they're the returning champ, uh, but not quite in their prime anymore. Um, they are trying to find their way, uh, and then they have to come in and uh, be inspired. They try, they fail, uh, they end up finding a mentor or um, uh, becoming a mentor, and uh, they get inspired. And then there's a training montage. Always a training montage. Uh, and then, <laughs> after the training montage, there's a success. <laughs> Proves that they're on the right track. But then, there's drama. Always drama. And then, the big finale. Now, with baseball, same thing. You got the rookie or the returning vet trying to uh, get back into their prime. And uh, they have to be inspired to be able to come to their best. And uh, there's always a training Mike, montage. Did I stumble, Mike, did I stumble into montage. an AA podcast? Or... Well, I just, I really want Brad with that hair and those eyes to say, do I really look like a guy with a plan? <laughs> and after the training montage, you got the game, the the, the first game of the the, the season or the, the the preseason or whatever it is, and uh, is they win. Mind. But then it goes downhill, <laughs> and uh, there, there's some drama, uh, either on the team drama or family drama or something. And then they're brought back for the big game at the end, and then all of a sudden they win. It's the same thing. I just, it, it's a superhero movie for. I jocks. feel like. I just feel like Brad should just be quoting lines from the from the Dark Knight's Joker at this point. I know. You didn't really tell me I'm wrong. risk the fight for Gotham's soul in a fist fight. With I'll, you, I'll be didn't Brad, you? it's very But interesting. tell me I'm wrong, though. Tell me I'm wrong. So Brad, I've definitely thought about athletes being viewed as superheroes before. I think that's a great analogy that you're using. What I would say to you is I think, and we're gonna talk about some of that today, I I think that there are definitely a lot of sports movies and baseball movies in particular that have the formulaic uh, thing of what you're talking about. But I think the great ones, like the absolute ones that have become classics, 
have been the ones that haven't been as formulaic as you're talking about, and that's why they've appealed more to a mainstream audience. But I definitely hmm. think what you're saying has validity. Absolutely. Okay. Well, we'll we'll see about that. Uh, I, and then I've the question, I guess, would be, Brad, what came first, the chicken or the egg? Does that mean superhero movies are trying to be more like baseball movies, or baseball movies are trying to be more like superhero movies? That'll throw you for a loop right there for a while. Well, I guess we're we're gonna have to find out because I've seen your list. I know exactly uh, that every one of these movies, except for maybe one. Uh, Brad, fits Brad, the how many innings are in a baseball game? Uh, that would be nine. <laughs> yes. All right. I think most of the time, big. nine. Most of the time, you, you can't have a shutout. Brad, I think. I think Brad is officially. He has done his research. He is qualified. He's going back to the energy <laughs> Let's do this. So, so uh, how many outs? How many outs in a regulation baseball game, Brad? No, don't ask him that. That's not nice. That's making him do math. <laughs> you already broke me. Is that not good enough for you? <laughs> no. Leave the I, poor guy alone. I, I, I blame you. I, I blame you for all of this. Whoa, whoa! That sounded like he almost said, "I blame Jew." That's why I got this shirt on. <laughs> Ooh, I do. <laughs> I'm glad no, no, you're no, 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 the, uh, no, I, I, I think, <laughs> I, I am not the, uh, I'm, I'm not the individual on this show that would be throwing out the anti-Semitism here, but, uh, that, that's for a different, <laughs> that, different topic. Hey, <laughs> hey, 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 that's no way to talk about our guest while they're on the show with us. Okay. Uh, definitely for those for those who should know this, Brad is playing a character today. Mike is never playing a character. <laughs> what you see is what you get, baby. So, uh, let's go ahead and jump on into your list. Uh, you said that the, you don't have a particular order that you want to go in, but there is one you want to save for the end. So, let's go ahead and uh, jump into the first one to, of uh... my choosing. Do we want to Just go because. with our honorable, uh, a couple of honorable mentions real quick, especially in light of uh, recent events? Well, yeah, sure. Why not? Again, say what what the and and maybe Mike, you can help or Brad or whatever. Why don't you at least tell the audience kind of what the criteria was for this? Because it's not an easy. Uh, it, this by no means was an easy list to come up with. No. So they no, end up convincing wasn't. me this to was, make this uh, a top eight. Uh, rather than a top five or top ten like we usually do, uh, but uh, this is there, supposed to be the best <laughs> baseball movies of all time, Mike. And this was not like this was not easy. I I went over to Zim's house one night. We were watching the NBA and we were just kind of sitting around goof. And I think it stayed till like two o'clock in the morning. Um, but I mean, we really had a. Long I tried to get him to about... leave multiple times. He couldn't take the end. It's true. It's true. <laughs> It's true. I overstay my welcome all the time. Um, but, I mean, in all honesty, man, like, I think you and I really, really, really kind of butted heads on a couple of movies. That yeah, but that, that's probably surprising, right, and... Mike? Because I was going to say we probably agreed more than we have on this um, 
over almost yes. anything we've discussed movie-wise putting on a list. And that's just that that's just you and us talking. That's not anything we've done for the show, but like I agree. Mm-mm. I think this is something where yeah. like we sat down and we were like, "All right, let's go ahead and start naming them." And you start naming them and I'm like, "Yep. Yep. Yes. 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 Oh, holy crap. This is going to be easier than I thought it was." And then we started getting down and it was like, "Well, there's some movies that we're going to have to leave off that a lot of people are going to kind of give us a side-eye look when we say that they didn't make it. Is it a little weird to you guys that, and maybe I'm overthinking this, but what caught me as interesting is that there are so many baseball movies out there. I found that pretty mm-hmm. interesting when I was looking at the list and thinking about that. There's more baseball movies than any other type of sport movie out there like it's not even the american pastime son well i know it's the american pastime but i find that very interesting right like if you try to do a top basketball list or you try to do a top football list or golf or tennis or whatever you wouldn't have that many to choose from like baseball there is a huge library of films and that's interesting because that kind of yeah. speaks to like like what you're saying, the American pastime. It could speak to what Brad was saying about something formulaic, but there is something about baseball that is very appealing to people. So I think it's a good decision that you guys chose to do this baseball movie list um, because yeah. Mike knows a lot about sports and Brad knows a lot about... Yeah, keep on going. Yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's definitely no, accurate. It, um, yeah, but I think but, no. It's but just, Brad, it, I would, I would, I would have to believe Brad that your limited knowledge on baseball—that a lot of these films on our list you have enjoyed. Yeah, no, absolutely, and in fact, uh, I think there was maybe two two movies on the entire list that I hadn't actually seen before we put this list together. See, and that's pretty interesting, right? I bet you couldn't say that about every other sports movies that's out there, but baseball in particular, I think that's what I'm talking about. It speaks to something because Brad's not going to see some film that comes out on baseball or sports and go running to watch it or that makes it at the top of his queue. Right. But yeah, yeah, no, but I mean, like I said, there were movies that we really looked at that were like, wow, like these are, it's going to be really hard to leave these off the list. Um, we couldn't decide on basketball. It's a classic. We couldn't decide if it was a basketball movie or a baseball movie. So we just that was not baseball all the way. Are you kidding list, me? Mike. <laughs> that should have been baseball all the way. I love that movie. I really do. It's so bad, hey, but I love hey, it. Hey, <laughs> after going down the rabbit hole of baseball movies, I got to say, it feels like it qualifies. I mean, it has all the hallmarks oh, there. So it, it, it feels yep. like it's it's the same qualifications as Major League. Uh, you think you're a, excited? A, like a, a baseball nipples. movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to think just five years ago this game was played only in driveways. <laughs> and it's hard to believe that just five years ago those girls were in grammar school. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> And when I think of people like Brad, and this really is true, I will say baseball has one line. 
because Brad, tell me if you can follow me on this one. I am sure for someone like Brad who does not love sports by any means, and he tolerates us and our insanity when it comes to this stuff. When they are talking about mm-hmm. all of the tiebreakers in that one scene, and they're like, <laughs> oh, and then we're going to have the potato sack race, and this is going to yep. be followed by only on the opposite day of the whatever. I am sure for yep. someone like Brad, he's like, that is exactly how I feel when I'm watching sports. Like, there's another game? <laughs> You've got to be it kidding It seems me. accurate to me. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and then, of course, they follow it up with, we're in month nine of the grueling <laughs> basketball playoffs <laughs> that's how brad that's how brad feels about covid covid's broken him he's like what the hell is this sports is going on forever right now right but yeah. uh do, mike that's how, mike, that's how i the... feel about the marvel universe can it ever end <laughs> what are we nope. in phase 35 right now <laughs> we're only in phase four we're going into phase four <laughs> calm down when does the country reopen? Is that phase six? <laughs> I'm sorry. We probably need to get uh, back. We'll see here in about, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll find that answer out here in about two months. Oh, and uh, over in the comments <laughs> on uh, Facebook, Mike, uh, we have a re- special request for you specifically uh, from Mondo. Uh, he wants me to uh, remind you that Morse got ejected from the Mavs game. Just because. Oh, good. Who got ejected? Thanks, Mondo. Uh, Morris. Marcus Morris. Oh, yeah. Good. Wonderful. Eh, shocker. Um, yeah. But I guess, do we do we want to acknowledge the news that happened the other day? I think we have. Ah. Yeah, kind of. A moment of silence so I take he, off my hat. Please. Especially, well, especially since it was a movie that was very close to making this list. Um, I, I was actually surprised I it didn't make it, honestly. Yeah, it, it was it was one of the ones that just missed it, to be honest with you. That was one that me and Zim went back and forth on for a while. It, but, was, it was on it was yep. on the cusp. It was on the cusp. Yeah, so, unfortunately, yes. we... Uh, yeah. All right, go ahead, Brad. Yeah, as of the uh, recording of this show, uh, we are now two days uh, past when uh, the great uh, Chadwick Boseman has passed away. Uh, he did an amazing job in 42 as Jackie Robinson. He has done an amazing job in so many other films. Um, he played Thurgood Marshall in Marshall. Uh, he played the uh, ever important, ever amazing uh, uh, King T'Challa uh, in Black Panther. He uh, was a, an incredible actor that really uh, left us way too soon and uh, his presence will be deeply missed. Yeah, he really, you know, it, it's it's pretty amazing that, you know, I'm one of those believers, we don't have to go, go too into faith and stuff right now, but I believe that, um, you know, a lot of times things happen for a reason and there's real symbolism. And I think that it's very apropos yeah. that for a guy who was 43 years old, I mean, so young, to be taken that early and to have played so many iconic black characters from James Brown to Jackie Robinson. I mean, Thurgood Marshall, King T'Challa, like you said, it's it's pretty unbelievable when you think about it. And I really, I, 
I got kind of, I wrote to Mike, I got um, kind of chills when I thought of the day that he dies on not only Jackie yeah. Robinson Day, but he also mm. passes away on the creator Jack Kirby of Black Panther's He's birthday, which I found yep. fascinating. Um, it's, 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 it, it gives you those, you know, heebie-jeebies, I guess you would say, but for me at least, he will be very, very missed. He really was. I told a lot of people, I thought this was the next Denzel. This was the next iconic black actor who would be up there. Like he was ready to take his place after Sidney Poitier and Denzel Washington as the next big thing. And I, you know, I'm not necessarily saying that he wasn't because I, I'm just sad because I think he had a future ahead of him that would have had so many more roles that we would be sitting there talking about and going, wow, this guy. And he also really lived a pretty unbelievable life. Like he was a real, yeah. he, he, he stood by what he said. Well, he also, uh, the day he passed away was also uh, the same day as uh, Martin Luther King's uh, March on Washington. Right. So, right. yeah, which, yeah, no, and, and honestly, the uh, the stories that have continually come out about him before and even since uh, Friday uh, just continue to make him sound like one of the uh, most incredible uh, people that uh, you could have met uh, behind the scenes uh, and the uh, the amount of people that stepped in to help him get to where he was as an actor to get the opportunities that he did from uh, Denzel Washington uh, giving him the chance to be able to uh, get a uh, into a young actors program uh, straight out of Howard University uh, to working with Angela Bassett uh, after having uh, previously met her when she came to visit Howard uh, and uh, was actually her escort on campus while she was there and just continuing to build out uh, more and more uh, within the, uh, the the black actors in Hollywood and uh, just every one of them coming in to build his career into something that had every reason to have kept on escalating uh, to the stratosphere. Uh, it, it was it was incredible and uh, yeah. like I said he it, it's sad that uh, we will not get to see uh, him continue to rise because he he frankly would have kept on going up he, he was set for amazing things and to battle through yeah. four years of this terrible cancer and to keep it under wraps and I don't think that that, by the way, the fact that they kept it under wraps, I I feel like a lot of people are going to talk about different reasons why that was the way it was. For me, I think, again, it points out Bozeman, who he never wanted it to be about himself. He always wanted it to yeah. be about the message and the characters he played. And I think had he let his illness become the story, it would have taken away right. from some of these iconic roles that he played, or people would have been saying all the things they're saying now, what an amazing person, what a warrior, a guy to do this and fight through what must have been just grueling times yeah. that God willing, none of us will ever know. But like mm. for him to do that, I mean, you talk about, like I said, again, a guy who was walking the walk, you know, and, and backing up not just the words with actions, but his life like that, I mean, again, I think shows us 
what a true hero he really was. I mean, what a yeah. spokesperson, what a what a yeah. what a representative for humanity. It's unbelievable. Yeah, and he stayed yeah. out of the press. He you know, he stayed out of the paparazzi. Yeah. He uh, you, you didn't really know all that much about his personal life. Uh, he he really did embody his work in, in the best ways. Yeah, you know, unfortunately, we hear so many stories about people in Hollywood and how scummy and how it's really this dirty town and everything like that. And everything that you heard about this guy was the exact opposite. Like, he was somebody yeah. that you wanted to look up to. He was somebody that carried himself in such a positive way and spoke about, you know, really big, important issues and really carried himself as somebody that people could look up to. And can I say something? And I know I'm going to be controversial, but for those who know me on the last call, I am going to say something. I also get a little angry when these things come out, too, along with my empathy, because it also pisses me off to think of, here's a guy who, from what we know, did everything the right way and, like, yep. leaves us because of this horrible disease that infects so many people. And then there are other people who, like, have great talents and they just piss it away because of their own selfishness or their own, you know, whatever. And plenty of those people make it through and come on the other side. And yeah. some of them are just like Mike said, just kind of jerks from the moment till the end and never yep. get it. Yep. And that always angers me a little bit because you look at this yep. guy who was only doing good and then you, you feel robbed. Like you feel like someone came in and, yeah. and took him away and it's not right because he did things the right way. That's what really sucks. Yeah, And the fact that yeah. so many people that have worked with him, so many people that know him personally talk about how humble he was and how it, it didn't go to his head. He wasn't, you know, like dude was, dude was the star of arguably one of the most important superhero movies to ever be made. A superhero movie where we finally got representation for an entire community in a genre. And he never yeah. let it once go to his head. Yeah. And honestly, that uh, I, I don't think it is emphasized enough how necessary that aspect of it is, uh, because superheroes are supposed to be able to be the uh, one of the things that can inspire everybody and uh, make pe people want to strive for the best uh, in ourselves. And not having somebody to be able to look at uh, within that pantheon of great characters to be able to say that is the person I look up to uh, because they're like me that's that, that sucks so uh, to have him uh, be that for a just a massive generation of kids that, that, cr that didn't really have over, it before was amazing I don't I don't think I wouldn't pigeonhole yeah. it with just black or white oh or no absolutely or not. anything no. this guy was like a role model for everyone and I don't think I mean, I think part of who he is as a person helped not just the film, not just the story, but like you're talking about everything from the merchandising to whatever, like this is someone you wanted your kids to look at and say, you can be like this guy. And I think that yep. um, in a weird way, death and tragedy makes us uh, build something up bigger and he will probably now be a bigger figure than he ever was because now so many of the stories that we never knew are coming out about him because yeah. clearly he didn't want to ever be put on some, you know, 
billboard or statue or whatever and you hear people talking i like it because now a lot of people are breaking their silence in tribute to him and i think he will just become that bigger than uh anything we ever could have imagined and he should be he deserves it because he lived his life that way no i I think he i think think he's gonna be uh remembered in the same way that christopher reeves is uh in terms of the uh iconicness of the the character everybody uh sees him as but also the impact that he had on people yeah look he's gonna he will be it's funny because there's a comedian that i follow on facebook that talked about you know watching static shock for the first time and that was the first time that he saw a superhero that looked like him Mm -hmm. and chadwick boseman's gonna be that guy for an entire generation Yep. Like there is, you know, God willing, God will, God willing, we, you know, are able to still be doing this, you know, 15, 20 years from now, all three of us are able to talk and still like, we're going to look at an entire generation of actors and comic fans and superhero fans and all of that. And they're going to be like, they're going to sit there and say that that man was my central inspiration. He's on the Ma- he's on the Mount Rushmore. And that that's why what I began with was, I don't think it's just, uh, a coincidence that he played so many iconic figures in the short amount of time that he was with us yeah. because yeah, people think... are going to keep on looking at that and going holy cow like this guy was Jackie Robinson this guy was James Brown this guy was Thurgood Marshall this guy was King T'Challa like that that's I don't I, like I said I mean it gives you goosebumps and stuff like that but I don't think that's just a coincidence I really don't no. yep and that was what but... that was all that was all within a decade yeah right that was all within yep eight to ten years that's insane pretty much yeah 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 but with that let's yeah. go ahead so. and get back to the topic of our video uh your top eight baseball movies <sighs> so all right guys uh so one more shot of my go-go juice and did you just call it Oh my God, by the way, Brad, we've got to, I, I swear to God, I am going back on this and I am recording that moment that Mike just put the arms together and said Wakanda forever. Oh my God, that is amazing. That is better than him holding up a fist. That just made my life right there. Yes. All right, God so, bless you, Mike. First movie up on the list, A League of Their Own. So, League of Their Own. Guys, why is this on the list? Because Zim wanted it on the list. This is one, Brad, that Mike and I had a little bit of a conversation about. Personally, now, we didn't do a top ten list, a top eight list, you know, other than one film that we both agreed was the greatest. To me, I could argue with just about anyone. I believe this is one of the greatest baseball films ever made. It's a it's a film that forget about the fact that Tom Hanks this is the film that you have to understand bridged Tom Hanks between the Forrest Gump between Tom Hanks becoming the mega mega star that we know him as today. He goes from basically gaining, you know, losing all the weight for Philadelphia to gaining all this weight for a league of their own. 
And then he follows that up with Forrest Gump and and Tom Hanks. So one, you get the birth of a superstar, really a superstar in Tom Hanks. This is the beginning of that journey. Two, let's be perfectly honest, we're talking about women's baseball, which nobody knew anything about. I don't care what they try to say unless you were a total baseball historian. Penny Marshall, Penny Marshall, who this is at the height of her career, probably aside from Big, I would argue the greatest movie she ever made. And the further thing is, it's a story that also combines in the war. It combines in a strong female perspective on what was going on, which we didn't get a lot of even up until the early 90s. And also, um, let's be honest, an iconic soundtrack that when Madonna is at the height of herself, and by the way, even though I don't think she's a good actor, she actually showed some pretty decent acting chops in this movie. Okay, so it's a movie about a team of misfits that nobody really knew they wanted. Uh, has an oh, iconic... No. Uh, wait, wait, wait. What do you mean misfits? Oh, no. This is oh, about God, women whose Just... husbands went off the war and the country decided no, they I know still needed doing. baseball. Stop. Just... Wait, wait. You cannot Zim. make a league of their own. You're not going to win with this formula. No, 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 I know exactly what he's doing. Just go, dude, go for it. Just go. So, go ahead. great album. I know, I know what you're so, doing. So, great go soundtrack. Uh, team of misfits in terms of the, the overall concept of what a, a traditional uh, baseball uh, movie this is. This is the hashtag Me Too movement. I'm not about the, to call these women misfits. <laughs> the, the, it's, it's the movie that uh, was great that nobody knew they wanted. Uh, so basically, you're saying this is the Guardians of the Galaxy of uh, uh, baseball movies. Got it. Okay. Sure. sure. Damn it. No. I would know. God damn it, Brad. I, call... I swear to no, God. No, 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 I no, no, no. I swear no, no, to no. everything. I swear to everything. If yeah. you have a superhero movie that is a reflection of all of the movies on our top eight, I will reach through this goddamn I, I computer no, and no, no, slap Mike, you. Mike. Mike, can we agree that that would much more be a good comparison to either Bad News Bears or Major League? He can't win that with a league of their own. That is totally, totally different. I feel like he's got something else for a league of their own. He probably or, I'm sorry, uh, for Major League. But, major but League. Again, he's got something else I, I for Major where, League. I get where Brad's going with this, but you have to understand this movie busted the box office, right? This movie was a movie... There are so many, especially baseball movies, right? My wife hates baseball. I mean, when I say hates baseball, I mean with a passion. Like, she thinks it is, it, Brad, worse than you could ever imagine. Like, she thinks it is God's, like, wrath upon us that baseball has been invented. And especially with a lot of women out there, there are a lot of baseball movies that it doesn't appeal to the mainstream, be it women, be it men, be it nerds, like you say, whatever, if you're not a big sports fanatic. I think while this movie baseball is at the core, this movie had people going to see it who could have cared less about sports or baseball. They were going to see this funny, historic movie that had this all-star cast in it. By the way, and also describing Gina Davis's career, Talk about disappearing from Hollywood, for God's sakes. You're still describing Guardians. I mean, here we go massive again. Massive box Guardians. office hit. 
Uh, Starcast. Who, who, who is uh, John Lovitz, Michael Rooker? You see the way it works is the train moves and not the stage. <laughs> reached out to a, a segment of audience that uh, was not previously catered to by uh, other films of its kind. My wife I'm still just saying, hasn't you're Guardians still describing Guardians. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Yeah, we'll like let Brad have his day. Mike, what are your thoughts <laughs> on A League of Their Own? Look, I pretty much completely agree with you on that this was a really, this was a really, really important movie because it talked about a section of history that a lot of people didn't know about. Right? right. Like, you've, you know, you hear the, well... I'm wearing his jersey, Teddy Ballgame himself, Ted Williams. You hear the stories about guys that were professional athletes that enlisted and served in the war and everything like that. But what's oftentimes forgotten is that the women were at home working and they were also carrying on like the, the sports leagues and everything like that. Like this was this was something that not a lot of people knew about. And it was really awesome that this film shined a light on that and really brought it to the public's attention because it was a big deal like these were like huge this was still a this was still a time in american society where women were expected to be barefoot and in the kitchen yep. like, let's let's be honest yep. and again here they are out playing women. professional yes and madonna and then if you actually want to get down to it madonna's character was very uh, I'm not going to say controversial, but was very different for that period of this woman who's sleeping yeah. with all these guys and like yep. doesn't care and doing all that stuff. You didn't see a lot of that with any of it. And a correction, Brad, on you with this one, unlike the typical formulaic sports or baseball film, let's remember mm -hmm. that it does not end the way you expect it to end at all it has a very surprising ending which most of those films don't which is they don't win the big game they lose to spoilers. the other team spoilers oh sorry spoilers no, but look and even looks look cinematography solid like the baseball sequences themselves are incredibly well shot very like well in shot. terms of like this is a very very fantastic film like let's yes. let's call it what it is it's a great all-around film and then when you throw into the fact of the historical significance and the fact that they actually did a great job representing the game itself while they were playing like yes 100 percent. Yep. this is a movie okay. by the way guys that cost 40 million dollars to make the budget it it goes mm -hmm. on and makes 132.4 million dollars and the film has been selected in 2012 and preserved in the uh, United States in National Library Film Registry by the Library of Congress as being culturally, historically nice. or aesthetically significant. So this is a movie Look, that had even... a huge impact on um, on our, our country and on film in general. I don't think it's hyperbole to say that this would be almost to the level of like a 42 or like a glory road or like something that yeah but those have, but my point is like 42 had been done you know what i mean jackie robinson had been right. talked about again this was this broke barriers and uh right. brad it sounds to me like mike is making my point that this should have been on the list 
Why was this ever disputed? That's a better question. As I said in our well, thoughts because on this, I would have put I would have put forty two over it. I think that's where I think that's where you and I disagreed. If I remember right, is I would have my my argument my argument of forty two was that I actually think the original Jackie Robinson story movie is better than forty two. Right. But that's just me. Right. I remember. But we right, know. But we know I had Mike that has never seen a film before nineteen ninety, so I'm limited on what I can discuss. That's a hundred percent right. I've never seen a film before nineteen ninety, <laughs> and yet that's uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Several. No, of films, Mike, don't give me one... Star Wars. <laughs> Wait, Brad. Let me. Let me just double that. check. Mike doesn't real... like any films before nineteen ninety. <laughs> Except for the fact that my number one and your number one came out in 1989. Yeah. How old were you? Two. <laughs> okay, let me correct it. Mike doesn't like any movie made before he was born. <laughs> uh, The Natural was made before I was born. Yeah, that's true. All right, continue. All right, so then... Suck uh, it! Next... Thank you, Brad. Next movie on <laughs> our list is Bull Durham. Oh, look so at guys, Kevin. look how hot wh- Susan Sarandon is. Other yep. than the fact that apparently uh, one of the main things you need to be able to make a good uh, baseball movie is uh, Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner. Uh, <laughs> You know what's so you know What what's else about made this? this movie on your uh, fit your list? Okay, but do you know what I, I would like to say about that? That's a great way to start it, Brad. I think that this is one of the only films, and I love me some Kevin Costner, but this is one of the only films where Kevin Costner plays who you think Kevin Costner would be in real life. This cocky, you know, womanizing, arrogant kind of turd. And... He doesn't act that way in almost any other film you see him in. And he yep. kind of gets himself pigeonholed into this very earnest, you know, kind of character. We see that in so many of his films, including what Mike and I will talk about as our unanimous number one. But you saw it in Untouchables. You saw it in JFK. You saw yep. it in all the other sports yep. films from um, what was the one about uh, the, the, the cross country team that he played in. Uh, uh, McFarlane. Oh, Any of those movies, yeah, he yeah. Basically, it, he's basically playing the same character, and although you love it, it's that Jimmy Stewart mm. all-American kind of guy. In Bull Durham, he throws all of that out the window, and I actually wish that we got more Kevin Costner the way he was in Bull Durham as Crash Davis throughout his career because he's so freaking good. So I will push back. There's a movie that you you yelled at me that I said that I couldn't put on this list that Kevin Costner's in, where he plays a very similar character to Crash Davis. What movie's that? I don't know what you're talking... Oh, stop it. No, he doesn't. He's talking about that piece of garbage that the only reason he wants on the list is because it's made by a superhero nerd. Number Brad, one, do you know what we're talking fantastic about? Director. Fantastic Raimi. director. Fantastic director, Do you know what movie he's talking about, Brad? Directed by Sam Raimi. 
for love of the uh, game. Love of the game. Mike. Oh, is, yeah, 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 yeah. I, Mike, I forgot that was Sam Raimi. And Mike's picking on me. He knows I actually like this movie, not as much as he does. But, Mike, give me a break. Just because Kevin Costner plays a little bit of a uh, athlete who likes to cheat around a little bit on women or his massage therapist, he still acts exactly the same in the film. No, he doesn't. He was a piece of crap. Nah, but not and like... Crash it, Davis is a more... Li- Crash Davis is a more likable character than Billy Chapel was because Crash Davis literally brought in to actually you, groom and actually teach this young kid how to not act like a jackass. I, I disagree. He still acts exactly the same. You cannot say in that movie, he still has his very slow delivery. He still is everybody's best friend. He still is like this very like, what we didn't talk about anything. You can basically put Billy Chapel as Kevin Costner in Draft Day. Okay, you can put Billy Chapel. It's the same character. You know it. That's why you're laughing. He's the same guy. So because he's kind of a All right, well, Jennifer okay, Garner. Okay, 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 okay. Let's let let's get it back on track. So yes. Um, no. Boulder, Ron Boulder Shelton. Fantastic. Talk about Ron Shelton a little bit, man. Yeah. No. Uh, the cast for Bull Durham outside of Kevin Costner is is easily one of the funniest damn casts that I've ever seen oh. in a comedy. Like Robert Wool's fantastic. Um, Tim, Tim Robbins. Robbins is like the young, yep, the young kind of like over his head kid that you got to breathe out of your eyelids. Well, crap! It looks like he's breathing out of the wrong eyelid again. Like, and of Susan course, Sarandon. of course, yes, Susan Sarandon. But by the way, let's easily not responsible. Let's not forget, Mike, I don't know if you guys are familiar, but one of goes on to become one of the greatest entertainers in history in Las Vegas is in this film. Danny Gans, who also left us way too quickly. And if you don't know about Danny Gans, I would highly suggest that you uh, go check him out. He was known as the man of a thousand voices and he could impersonate anything. And he's unbelievable to watch on YouTube. He plays one of the teammates because he was a former minor league baseball player. He leaves Bull Durham and he goes on to become a hundred million dollar a year act at the Mirage Hotel and then the win uh, in Las Vegas, which a lot of people don't know. He's the one, Mike, in the film who's sitting there talking about um, uh, with him. I can get a rain delay. He's in that scene. He's in a lot of those. He's in a lot of those movies. But the other thing that gets lost on this, Ron Shelton. It's a natural disaster. Ron Shelton, white men can't jump. Ron Shelton, tin cup. Ron Shelton uh, is kind of the, he he in a way becomes this kind of sports director that makes all of these films. He even did play it to the bone. Some of them worked, some of them didn't. But Ron Shelton is a pretty unbelievable director and he really brought sports into the mainstream. He was kind of that guy um, with films, especially in the 90s. But this movie had so much, it was about a minor league baseball team. I This had more misfits for you, Brad, than, uh, than Leak of Their Own did. Yeah, but this actually showed... probably would have been a better representation of the Guardians. But it also was something that I think, you know, Brad laughs at and he'll appreciate. It was a satire of the game too. It showed how ridiculous yep. in many ways baseball is. It makes fun of itself 
Uh, there's a lot of inside jokes. There's a lot of things that go on, which is like, really? Like these dudes get on a bus and play this game and go around doing what they do for an opportunity to try to make money, like grow up. Like, what is this ridiculousness? And it, it it's uh, it's Lu iconic. It's pretty, Luis it's, it's an amazing. So it's Luis's, mystery man. Luis's girlfriend it. put a curse on his glove. Is that right? And none of us can know what to get Millie <laughs> for their wedding. It's We're dealing with some serious it's crap amazing. out here. So you're telling Brad me it's a mystery man. Okay. <laughs> Brad, it starts oh, with a couple of Tim, <laughs> of Tim Robbins and Susan Sarandon that go Susan on Sarandon. to be become one of the most well-known at the time celebrity couples that lasted for a long, long time. And Tim Robbins, remember, this is pre-Shawshank. Susan Sarandon, this is pre Thelma and Louise. So you have two, and along with Kevin Costner, you have three Academy Award caliber nominated actors all on the screen at once before really anyone knows who they are. Yeah. And don't forget, it gave us one of our greatest scenes in any movie ever. Which one? It's just, it, there were it, a lot of scenes. It it all revolved it, it, around. Was it was it one of the uh, was it one of the tidy whitey scenes? Because I know no. I I know that you really wanted to stare at Tim Robbins more. I get it. Oh my but, god, uh, he loves when he's staring at Tim Robbins pitching naked. Oh my god, yeah. no, the greatest scene I love is still uh, hit the bull. Just hit the bull. Oh. He says and he says just do it. And the guy says I don't know where the next one's going. <laughs> I don't know where he's throwing it. I swear to God, that to me is one of the greatest things of all time. That one's great. Uh, holy hell, meat! He just hit the bull. You just won the guy a free steak. <laughs> you told. And him then that of course, said, Mike. He he teed off on that like he knew what was coming. He did. I told him. <laughs> don't ever so don't ever shake off your catcher. And, well, and of oh, course, come on, Zim. God. You know which one it is. You know which one it is. <laughs> I Are can't you say about the word. Sexual scenes? No, I'm talking about the missed call where Crash Davis gets ejected for calling uh, me Where what? he says, "There's one thing you don't call him, and that's a bleep sucker." And he says, "Crash yep. must have called him a bleep." Yeah, that's an amazing scene. I agree. <laughs> there, I mean, but it's like you're right. saying, Brett. I mean, for you, you can't run me for that. You Brad, can't run me for you, that. Brad, how do you view Bull Durham away from the comic book thing for a minute? How do you view <sighs> Bull Durham? As a movie. Bull Durham, I, it's okay. I mean, I, I think it is uh, perfectly entertaining. I don't personally have a preference one way or another for it. I, it's a movie I'll watch and I enjoy, but I, I wouldn't necessarily put it in one of my favorites, but it, I, it's See, good. for me, that's what it's, I, it's, I it's want good. on this also. I'm very interested to find out as we go over this list, like how you feel about these movies not being a big sports yeah. fanatic or a baseball fanatic. Yeah. What did you, and I didn't get your thing in League of Their Own. What are your feelings about that? League of Their Own, I actually do enjoy. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I actually do like it. Uh, I, I think there's uh, a lot to enjoy about that movie. Um, no, I, I, Let's go. I, I think the, the I, I think the the main cast for that is just it's a fantastic combination. Uh, but Bull Durham, I think it's okay. It's not one of my favorites, but it's it's good. I, it's entertaining. Okay. I understand no, I why I understand get... why baseball fans enjoy it, but for me personally, it it's okay. Sure. No, but I think it's very important as we go through this list that you kind of give that perspective because I think we yeah, need sure. that. Because it is interesting to me how people that aren't in love with that kind of view it. 
Yeah. Right. So next right, up, next? Uh, maybe one of the most like baseball of baseball movies on your list. Uh, eight Men Out. Yep. You want to uh, you want to talk about Mike? You want to talk about man? Oh man! Talk about an all star yep. cast, by the way. Look, look, yep. look, there's your there's your superhero right there, uh, Brad. Um, in Michael Rooker, Charlie Sheen. But oh, but, oh uh, yeah. <laughs> him too. But this I mean, to be movie... fair, Charlie Sheen does feel like he he's a real life superhero that just like got a little too full of himself, you know. <laughs> To me, this oh, so film a, is the, the best. Got it. Th- th- this film, to me, there were a <laughs> lot of movies out there that tried to show baseball in its historical context. Uh, you know, you have films. Th- this one does as good of a job as any to me. You feel like you are there in 1918, 1919. The cast is phenomenal. The story of the Black Sox that is used over and over and over again in other films and other analogies, this brought it to life. The book is fantastic. If you ever want to read a great book by Elliot Asinoff, Eight Men Out is phenomenal. And after you read that book, you realize what an unbelievable job um, was done with this making. It is like it takes the the written page into the screen. It's really phenomenal. But I love this movie. I really do. I think I think Cusack, Strathern, Michael Rooker, D.B. Sweeney. I mean, this movie has so many great actors. The director actually plays Ring Lardner, the uh, the 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 one who's in the train singing, you know, I'm forever blowing ball games. And um, it also, also, by the way, great job by uh, David Warner playing, um, uh, not David Warner, uh, what am I forgetting? Playing Arnold Rothstein. Um, he's so good as Arnold Rothstein. The, the, and Christopher Lloyd. How good is Christopher Lloyd too in this movie? There are so many great moments in this. I, I yeah. love this. It's just a historical, incredible film. I mean, you look at that. If that was made today, I feel like that budget would be like $200 million or something. I don't know how they did it so well. Yeah. Like, yeah. like you said, the part of what makes this movie so great is the cast and how on the nose it was, or it seems like it was. Like, let's, let's just be 100% honest. Um, mm. But like this... This was one of those things where it's like historically when you go back and you look at it nowadays it doesn't seem like that you know what these guys did or were alleged to have done was going on all the time back in the day and like there's there's stories of the cubs throwing world series in the early 1900s and the cincinnati reds throwing world series and the other, and like this is back when baseball was religion like, it wasn't a game. This was back in the American pastime when it's, you know, you would spend your hard-earned money and go to the ball game. And so, like, there, like this film has so many scenes that just hit you almost like at the heartstrings oh, where it's man. like, say it ain't so, Joe. Say it ain't so. The, and, and this just, is like, also a film, down. like, and, and, yeah. and for baseball yep. fanatics, you know, like the famed polo ground at Ebbets Field, like, you know, mm-hmm. the Yankee Stadium and what they talk about back when neighborhood kids were playing with their baseball idols in the street um when everyone knew who they were 
And you have to really understand that this scandal killed baseball. I mean, killed it yep. until Babe Ruth basically saves baseball with the home run and his character, essentially. And yeah. I know that a lot of times this is cliche and it's overused, but I want your guys' thoughts on this. I think this is a film that was about 10 to 20 years ahead of its time. I think if this film comes out in more of the modern time, I think mm. it would have been huge. Like, I think with everything oh, yeah. baseball's gone through, remember, this is before the steroid scandal. This is before so many things yeah. happened. This movie was released yeah. so early. I think after everything we've gone through, if this movie had come out later on, I think it would have been a much more appreciated, much more lauded film. And I think, unfortunately, this is a movie, I'm really glad it's on our list because I think it gets forgotten. And I think there are a lot of people out there that haven't yep. seen Eight Men Out. And I would highly suggest to people, especially history buffs, to go back and watch this because it is a piece of American history. Yeah, 100, and oh, honestly, 100%, this 100%. this is a, a movie that I actually didn't have a superhero comparison to because it just, it was very, uh, his, it was so historically based and very specific with the story it was telling that there really isn't a comparison. But there are, you, David, you are right. There, there were uh, several movies uh similar type of uh movies of, for the sports genre uh that came out uh, like mid to late 2000s that this would have fit perfectly right alongside and would have uh it would have felt completely appropriate so no i, I it's it's a very specific and unique story that uh yeah i i think you're right it, it came out a little earlier than uh people were necessarily ready for this particular type of story but it was good and if you want to know how if you want to know how tied this is to the history of baseball when i told zim i convinced you to let us do a top eight he immediately said oh because of eight men out it's a, it's, okay, it's, 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 to you. me, to me, I've got one for you and I'll go a step further. I would challenge anyone to show me wherever you stand on the list, a better made film, either baseball or sports. This is actually a piece of art. Like it's cinematic yep. art. When you watch this, you see, I mean, the cars, the streets, they they take you back to that time and it is so well done and you think this is yeah. before yeah. cgi this is before all the digital era and everything this this to me is like the baseball equivalent and this will sound a little weird but you guys will get it this is like a baseball equivalent to the old cecil b demille films the old mm. classic movies where they built big sets and they had all the authenticism uh, uh, all yeah. the authenticity of everything that this is so well done like that that when i yeah. watch this yes it's a baseball movie but i also feel like man this is a well done film that's very historically accurate and every they took their time the set direction the cinematography it's really good i mean really really good yeah so the thing is, uh, when it comes to trying to do a top whatever of any of the sports film subgenres, um, you you need a movie, at least one, that is less about the game and more about the history 
of that specific sport uh, and something that is so uh, necessary to understanding where that sport came from that without it is the list would be incomplete like you just you wouldn't get the full picture of the sport that you were trying to uh indemnify with this uh list and uh eight men out really does feel like one of those movies there are a couple others that we that could have been included that would have done a similar job but not quite as well as eight men out because you're right it does it tells a very specific story about uh a side of the the behind the scenes of baseball that was so critical to its very existence uh, as it is today and uh, its history that and Brad I Brad I, I don't mean to cut it. you off but I'm gonna also add in what you're saying because you're going there and I, I don't know if you're gonna touch it but I also think it's one of the first sports movies ever forget about baseball to talk about ownership versus players and the feeling of indentured servants, the feeling of being underpaid, the feeling of these guys being greedy. That's why I also say ahead of its time, because what you yep. have later on is lockouts, you have holdouts, you have all of these battles with collective bargaining agreements, you have the whole media and advertisement endorsement deals. Remember, Eight Men Out is released way before this thing explodes into what we know it yeah. is today. And it really shows you like how these owners, especially in 1919, the stranglehold they had on these players. And it was literally players going to these owners with hat in hand saying, give me yep. something. I can't live off of this or I need to do that. It's to me, that's also way ahead of its time. Oh, oh so they were the NCAA before the NCAA. Got it. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so, uh, next movie on the list uh, is, and I, I, I dare one of you to disagree with me on this one, it is the, uh, the, the Deadpool or the Blank Man of your list, Major League. Major League, yep. Oh, Blank look Man at the young Wesley Snipes. I loved Blank Man. Mike, can you please just one time do uh, Charlie Sheen, a.k.a. Wild Things, haircut? <laughs> oh, yeah, man. I'll do it. Look at one Tom Bear. Look at it. our buddy. Look at look at Mr. Yep. Uh, insurance guy right there. Yep. Pedro Serrano. Yep. I, Brad, I'm not going to disagree with you. Major Major League, look, I remember seeing Major League with my brother. And for my birthday, my brother, he and I used to do this. And we're talking about when was Major League released? Was that 1987, 88? When are was we that, talking? That, uh, that was... Uh, Tell me when that was. was. the same year as Field of Dreams? 89. 89. So... Yep. I will age myself by telling you I'm 10 years old at the time. And I remember on my birthday, my brother, this was such a big thing for us because he's 14 years older than me. We used to go see three movies on my birthday. And so I will never forget going into the old United Artists Theater that is now a church off of Park and 75 in Dallas. And we started mm -hmm. off our morning 
and my brother said, what three movies do you want to see today? And we both agreed, and, I, and my brother obviously being a film student at a BU and very into Hollywood stuff, that was a big decision, but he let me choose. So the first film we saw that day was Major League, and I dragged him really to Major League more than him, and I don't know at the time what inspired me, why I was so into this. I didn't even know what I was walking into. You gotta love that this R-rated film that your, you know, 24-year-old brother is dragging. I was just about to say, your brother took his 10-year-old brother to see an R-rated movie? My family, and this is why I'm so mentally unstable now, but you have to understand <laughs> that my brother was the guy who showed me Halloween 3 when I was four. You know, five years old. This is my brother who, uh, look, it's, 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 it's why I, I give him everything. But that moment opened up to me. I will never forget that moment. It holds a special place in my heart. But to this day, Major League is the airplane of sports movies. Yeah. And it's so yes. freaking good. And it stands the test of time. And when it comes on, I feel like I love it as much as I did as a 10-year-old boy in 1989 um, when I watch it to this day and I can't turn it off. It's so good Look, I, and so funny and well, it's great. I mean, the cast Look, is just so phenomenal. The fact that they got uh, everybody in this movie that they did uh, from uh, Charlie Sheen to Corbin uh, Burnson to uh, and this James is where Gammon, the Rene Russo. Career. Freaking you know, Wesley Snipes. L.A. Law. Wesley Snipes coming off the yep. white men. Dennis Habert. Yep. I mean, you, you got freaking Dennis Habert uh, in this movie and uh, Tom Renee Russo. Uh, Berenger. I mean, Renee this, Russo. Berenger, this is Renee the beginning Russo. of her career. Oh, yeah. Such, Look, and I thought, such a good I cast. Think, such a fantastic thing. I, I think Airplane is a fantastic comparison because just like Airplane, there's so many quotable scenes and there's so many legendary one-liners in this film that like to this day like my god the number of times yeah. that i'll be watching a baseball game and some dude will throw a wild ass pitch and i'll just just a bit outside he well corner can we miss. mention that bob euchre mr baseball this takes his yep. career to a whole nother level and what people don't realize i'm sorry, is I'm sorry. Bob I, think euchre... you, I think you mean harry doyle sir yeah, but Bob Euchre, <laughs> who plays Harry Doyle, is the play-by-play -play guy for the Milwaukee Brewers forever. So brilliant. Forever. Yep. And he was doing this kind of shtick forever. And this opened him up yep. to a whole new world. But like you just said, just a bit outside, you know. Oh, and this guy, this guy uh, has won the Triple Crown, you know, home runs, RBIs, and nose airs. He says, you know, when he sneezes, yeah. he looks like a party favor. I mean, all of those Vaseline ball, KY ball, yeah. um, you know, oh, he and knocked that like one not, to North America. Like this is going to, he's going to need a visa to get this one or yeah, South Visa America. to catch that one. Yep. Oh, and, and uh, I mean, looks the, like the they're wasting that... no time in going to the Duke. This guy leads the league and hit batsmen. He even threw his own kid in a father-son game. <laughs> well, and, and the fact that uh, you got such an amazing movie out of uh, a director who was, at the time, only a second-time director. David uh, S. Ward. You got this out of it. And, I mean, a, a director that, in his entire career, has only really directed six things. Uh, he's written plenty uh, and, and produced uh, enough stuff that uh, yeah he he is well known in general but as a director 
uh, his biggest successes were Major League and Major League Two. And the fact that you got this out of him uh, is, I, I think, very lucky that uh, somebody the, had the foresight to say, you know so what, cool. let's give him a shot. The yeah. cast was yeah, so the perfect. Cast was the so chemistry, the, the writing chemistry was made it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> are you... Are you trying to tell me that Jesus Christ can't hit a curveball? <laughs> I mean, but it's just, and, and again, the one thing, like, I, I will always say it's the airplane of films. You know, they want you to believe basketball is the airplane of films, but I think this is the airplane of films. No. Why? Because unlike basketball, as much as we joke, that really legitimately is a farce from start to finish. Airplane, yeah. while being yeah. a parody still has some great stuff in there that is yes. is is very you know i think major league does a better job than all of them personally in that you actually care about the story and you care about the characters more than those other like you genuinely care it has a heart as yeah. well um but i mean it, it's yeah it's it's i mean give him the heater i <laughs> forget the curveball, Ricky. Throw him the heater. Oh my! Oh, of course, God. let's not forget. Hey, man, Jake, we got a problem. Serrano wants some extra power for tonight's game. He wants to sacrifice a live chicken. We can't have guys throwing up in the clubhouse, man. And then he brings them. Get him a KFC bucket of KFC. In a bucket. And then, of course, of course, later on in the movie, when he's down 0-2 in the count, we should have got him a live chicken. Yeah, and, it's, and it's, I'm gonna be honest that. I, I know that uh, looking back, maybe one of the, uh, the the scenes in the movie that today's audience would look at and go, "Ooh, I don't know." But it, that was one of the funniest freaking uh, parts of the movie. Like, oh, I I loved everything about his character. Just, oh my god, yes. and Joe he's out by yes. an eyelash at third. Just yes. Yeah. That, well, and again, this goes into why, right? Like, why why I say airplane again? Why I think it serves injustice because. It yeah. doesn't care about political correctness. It doesn't care yeah. about anything. Yep. It shows you how ridiculous the whole thing is. And it's like, yep. it, it's it's very much a satire on society and our life. And I mean, even ridiculous scenes in there, like the spiked head guy, you know, hugging the yuppie <laughs> at the bar. <laughs> like, it's yep. just, I mean, it's great, but it's a slice of Americana. I mean, it really, really yeah, is. Yeah, but like, it and it, like like you said with with airplane like everybody is such a caricature of like athletes or like you know yeah Ricky Vaughn being the dude that was well where'd you guys find this guy oh the California Penal League right <laughs> how'd you get there stole a car I mean it's it's ridiculous but you accept it all because it just works it it works that's yep. the best thing i can say about major league Will, it works willie mays hayes run like mays and i hit like hayes yeah <laughs> yep well you may run like mays but you hit like yeah <laughs> all right i love that oh, movie. We can such a great all movie. right i love it so next movie on the list and uh another shot for that oh boom boom <clears throat> i swear i'm gonna have a heart attack by the end of this thing but Please don't. It's going to be worth it. Oh, right, you're be starting worth to look it. a little uh, Charlie Sheen-esque. Okay, can I hey. just say something? This is going to get a little morbid, but if you if this was the way you would go, Mike, how fittingly would it be that Brad's wearing a sports exclamation point shirt? <laughs> like... <laughs> sports! That's, that's what just, we're talking about. 
wearing a sports shirt. Yay, sports! <laughs> All the sarcasm intended. Uh, now. Alright, let's go. <laughs> coming up next, we have Moneyball. Uh. <sighs> oh, look, a real film. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I, I will stand I mean, if you ever wanted to uh, say there was a movie on this list that was absolutely for the sports nerds out there, I feel like this yes. was it. Uh, like, this is the sports this nerd is, movie. This movie is literally the executive of the heroes. This, this movie is, you know, it, it, it's so funny you say it's the sports nerd movie because I think of all the films on our list, this might be the least sports movie or baseball movie from but a, it's the biggest nerd from, movie. From a far, <laughs> like, if you're a person, like, looking at it from the outside in, like, for someone like me and Mike, who are obviously big baseball fans, for someone like us who love the numbers and baseball is all about numbers, yeah. I love the book by Michael Lewis. It's an amazing book. And the book is <laughs> far more nerdy than the movie is. The book really dives into like yes. formulas and equations and Bill James's stuff and everything. Yeah. But what I will say is that this to me, this movie, first of all, the genius that Bennett Miller of all people would direct this film coming off of Capote, <laughs> which is crazy yeah. to think about. The fact yeah. that it launches yeah. Chris Pratt's career, nobody knows who that Chris Pratt is when he's playing Scott Hatterberg in this movie. That Jonah Hill is so not a serious like actor. Jonah Hill um, in I, this film. And yeah. what people don't realize, and I always get on people who criticize Brad Pitt, who say, oh, he's playing Brad Pitt. Here's the, the weird thing. Billy Bean looks a lot like Brad Pitt. No, not you. Not you, Brad. Brad, no. <laughs> he looks a lot like Billy Bean, it's weird if you go look at pictures of Billy Bean, they actually have some really similar facial qualities. Mm -hmm. And I will also say that if you've ever heard Billy Bean talk or, or, or watch an interview, he nailed Billy Bean's nuances and who he was. I love, this is one of my favorite Brad Pitt films because I feel like he is so understated. He is so perfect. And his, by the end of that movie, I will stand by that last scene, spoiler alert, in the car when he is listening to his daughter sing the song and you see some of the best acting of that guy's career. I don't care what anyone says to me about that. I love this movie. Philip Seymour Hoffman nails Art Howe for those who don't know who Art Howe is. Um, this this to yeah. me is is... I, I I believe it was nominated for Best Picture, right? It was. Uh, and right and yes. rightfully so, by the way. I yeah. think Well, I mean, it was written by it, it was written by uh Aaron Sorkin. So I mean you're correct. You're the gonna movie be, was Aaron Sorkin. Like, you're you're shooting yes. for something there. Uh, well look, <laughs> I think but to I mean to I, I will say this is definitely not the nerdiness. Well, th this isn't a movie for say. the the sports cosplay nerds. This is for the uh, the, the fantasy sports nerds. Well, right, like the numbers. Like you guys. said, without going too much. Guys. Yes, without yeah. without going too much into it, because we could talk about it for an hour and a half. But apparently, because you guys are drive sports now. 
You guys really are the uh, the fantasy sports nerds. If, if we had to categorize you both, you are the fantasy sports nerds, yep. not the sports cosplay nerds. Right. We look so, into okay. the numbers, and I, and for me, it's my profession, right. so I'm really part of it. Yes. Look, and this is like I said, this is this is the movie that really like tackles the analytics and how much the analytics have completely and totally changed the game from where it was. Well. We're going to watch this guy and we're going to send our scouts to, to look at this guy and this guy just doesn't have it or you know what i don't know what it is but this guy's got it we need to spend a whereas this 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 is the the huge shift from this guy looks like a ball player this is what a ball player is to we are basing everything on playing the odds and playing the percentages like, Which, by the way, to this really day was... is still the, the ultimate fight that goes on within baseball. It hasn't been yes. solved yet. My one problem, Mike, I will say, I and Mike, I, I actually don't know how Mike feels about this. At the very end of this film, um, I'm not going to give away exactly what goes on, but basically they say that the Red Sox use a lot of Billy Bean's theories to win the World Series. Yes and no, though, is my problem because they still had one of the highest payrolls in baseball the year they won the World Series. So while, yes, they used well, some so, stuff for statistics so and stuff, the major thing of Billy Bean was he had no money to work with. He had to figure out right. another way to be successful, and it was him versus the world. And so that was a major part of the book. That was a major part of the film. The film starts with saying, here are the two payrolls of the two teams playing. So that's a little misleading right. because Mike knows this. Well, the Red Sox were still playing with more than a hundred plus million more than what Billy Bean had to work with. I get it, but <laughs> it's still not the same. Well, so, so one of the things that they really, they didn't go as in depth as they should have. But one of the things that John Henry and uh, um, the legend Theo Epstein. Super Jew. Uh, that's right. That's right. Praise be to Theo. Did it, uh, did it did for, the curse. for two franchises for our baseball fans out did there. It for the two Cubs franchises. and the Red Sox. He broke two and the curses. Always but takes a Jewish things, guy, Mike. <laughs> but the thing that they did was is they very much now, granted the payroll was larger, but they still took guys that fit into that mold of being analytics True. guys where percentages and everything like that, we plug them in here, they do X and Y for us. Like one of the best I, no, no, I agree. in Moneyball. I just know that I agree they use some of the Bill James stuff. I just think yeah. if you listen to interviews by Billy Bean, that was part of the film he didn't like, is that he said yeah. at the end to say they use these principles, Billy Bean still to this day, still to this day is fighting that ridiculous world of having to work against the big boys and the blue bloods in a number of different ways. But payroll is also a major, major part of it. Yeah, look, it's, it absolutely is. Um, but like you said, like one of my favorite scenes in that film is when they're all sitting around the table and he's butting heads with all of the scouts, and they're like, "Well, how how are we going to replace Jason Giambi? You know, 100%. how are we going to replace his production?" And he's yeah. like, "Okay, well, we've got these three guys that are going to compensate for one guy." And all of the scouts are pushing back, like, "Absolutely not! He's got a problem. He's got B problem. He doesn't do this. He doesn't do this." And Billy Bean just looks at me. He's like, "I don't care. Why? Because they get on base." 
And I also think, Mike, what like they don't is- talk about, and Brad or Mike, you can tell me, but obviously I know a lot about Billy Bean, but there's no question, too, that a lot of Billy Bean's antics and a lot of his stuff is very personal based on his own experience of what he went through. And so you're never quite sure um, whether Billy Bean is doing it to change the game or also as a revenge against the game for the way they treated him. And it's 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 fascinating. I mean, Billy Bean is a fascinating character. And by the way, before this came out, you don't know anything about Billy Bean. Even after this came out, no. he is one of the most quiet, you know, just hidden icons. I mean, you see in the movie, that is totally true. He doesn't watch the games from the stands. He's a very right. weird individual. I mean, he's incredibly strange. All right. Well, uh, we have three more movies on this list, so let's go uh, hurry up and get to them because we are almost an hour and a half in into this. So... Yeah, because if we continue this, we're gonna, you know, we're we're gonna be on par with some of Mike's, you know, iconic films like Christopher Nolan movies that are 40 hours long and uh like I said you, know, you, you guys already that broke are masterpieces we're going to like Mike said, this you, is going to turn into a Ken Burns documentary like I said you guys already <laughs> broke me with the topic of today let's uh l- l- let's not try to rub salt in the wound too much so uh with that next up on the list is hey Mike can you focus the natural Oh, Wonder Boy. <sighs> Robert Redford still looks Pick me like out a winner. This, by the way. So, I feel like this is the, uh, the the sports equivalent of Unbreakable. You know, you, you got the, uh, the, the middle-aged uh, hero that comes out of nowhere and changes the game. This is a superhero movie. This one, I would agree with you 100%. This is the most fantasy, and I think people can say forever, by the way, this is directed by Barry, the great Barry Levinson. Um, This is done in what, the mid 80s, right? Early to mid 80s, this comes out. 84. 80 what? Yeah. 84. 84. So, and, and and there are a lot of different things that people talk about why they didn't use real teams names and things like that whether it was licensing Mm -hmm. or other stuff i think it had more to do with the fantasy world that he creates um within this Mm -hmm. film um again a ridiculous cast i mean robert redford at the height of his game a young kim basinger that nobody really knows at this point you've got robert Robert duvall You've got Wilford yep. Brimley. You've Glenn got uh, Barbara Hershey in a little cameo role before she's famous. Glenn Close. Let's definitely not forget about her. Yeah, you guys forgot about no, her look, in I the think... trivia with Academy Awards. Um, the great Glenn Close. <laughs> Sorry, Brad. I couldn't help myself. Tom Selleck wasn't in this movie, Brad. Um, and then... <laughs> Uh, no, th- this movie. Oh, and by the way, can somebody give a shout out, Mike? Who are we forgetting that's in this film? I don't want to give the spoiler alert, but he meets an untimely moment in this film. Oh, come on. Shame on you. Trivia question Who dies in this film? The great Tom, um, the great Michael Madsen. 
Shame on you guys. Oh, no. I, I, I knew it was Michael Madsen. I was waiting to see if Mike actually knew it. No, but, Mike uh, doesn't know it. He Ma only knows it if it's trivia. Michael Madsen <laughs> uh, feels like he's uh, he's in a similar position as Sean Bean. If he makes it through a movie alive, he's good. <laughs> and then, um, I'm, I'm, and right now my brain is slipping, but um, come on, who plays the role of the guy who's betting on him? Uh, with the owner that's involved in it, my mind's slipping now, who plays that role. Where they do that great game where he says, I know it's in your pocket. And, uh, yeah. oh, he's such a great character. He plays the, it's not Robert Legia, but it's someone like Robert Legia. Uh, my mind is slipping, but... This movie to me is, it's the uh, fantasy. What happens to old age? Huh? Yeah, what? Nothing. Um, not John, uh, you're not thinking uh, John Finnegan or uh, Alan Fudge, are you? Who am I thinking of in this movie? He's great. He No, it's the guy Sorry. from, it's the guy from Christmas Story. He's the lead in Christmas Story. Uh, Wilford Brimley. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, no, not Wilford no. Brimley. Wilford Brimley. Oh no, the no, sorry. That he he plays the the father in Christmas Story. The lead character. Oh 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 oh. Ah. You know so what I'm talking about? That up. Yes. Um. No, look. You you are 100 right. This is a superhero movie. He plays this the is dad in Billy Madison. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, Mike. this is That's the story. No, 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 you're good. This is the guy of the the all-American small town kid that wants a dream at going and living. Garen McGavin. His, his wildest Thank dream. Thank you. So, and then he literally like this this movie is the superhero story like Brad broke it down earlier in his coked out rant um, hey hey it's been holding up for all but uh two movies so far and even then one of those two yeah, movies like, was still super nerdy right um but no look in all seriousness like this is one of those like literally go down the line of every cliche in hollywood and just check it off just check it off and it's it's not to a detriment it's so well done that so you're well like, done. you're sitting there and you're like, like, it's, if you'd have tried it any other time, it would have come across as cheesy and it's like, there's no way. Stop it. Yep. Stop it. Stop it. This is bullcrap. There's no way. And, and can we please talk about the score still... that has become iconic that they play when Texas yep. Rangers home run at every home game. Da -da, da -da, yep. da -da. That, da -da. I mean, that music has become iconic. Yes, it has. But if you want to talk about it, there's but there's still there's some controversy behind that. There's some controversy behind this because a lot of people that read the book don't like the fact that they changed the ending for the movie. Right. There's a lot right. of people that Brad rolls his eyes. But like, there's a lot you're, of people. You're saying that you, think you got that some uh, fans that don't uh, appreciate the fact that the movie didn't stick to the source material. No, nerds never get mad about that. But. It, yeah, like, look, in terms of storytelling, like I said, this is this is one of those films that's so transcendent because, like, it really taps into the, like you said, 
we treat sports figures as our heroes. Like Roy Hobbs is a superhero. Roy Hobbs is a guy that literally, I could be Roy Hobbs. I came from nothing. This guy came from out of nowhere and he just hits the cover off the ball. And he's the all-American, down-to-earth, like, every man wants to be him, every woman wants to be with him. This like, is the, this is the quintessential, movie. exactly, this is the quintessential, like, mild-mannered man that goes on to be a legend kind of thing. Right. That, that, this that, is that the, every man this, kind this, of thing. This, Brad, is your where your thing really holds water. This is the hero, yep. the villain, the, the guy fighting through a dark past. The, I yep. mean, literally in Fighting many ways, adversity. it's Superman. It is Superman. I would, I would say this is the equivalent of the film, the Superman. The lightning hits the tree that becomes his weapon. He has this Wonder girlfriend Boy. of the past that he had a kid with. I mean, yep. this is like, this is the superhero yep. movie. Uh, the there is one other Bobby. movie on this list the... that is just as superhero as this <laughs> one. And we're getting to that one next. You know I'm talking. But yeah, I, I I love this movie. I, I I really do. The Natural was one of my favorite films growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely think it's a it's a fantasy, um, and I think that again, beautifully shot, beautifully directed. The dialogue is great. The well, way even, that they even the ending, even yeah. the ending where he, he shatters yeah. the lights and he's going around the bases and all the sparks going down like it's confetti. Beautiful. The fact that they parodied it in basketball. Well, and 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 Mike, if you haven't caught it, your favorite and my favorite all-time baseball film steals a scene from this, the ending, which no one ever really talks about because in the natural they didn't do it as well, but mm-hmm. it is the fa- dad and son playing a game of catch out in Don't get too far ahead of yourself. Don't I'm just saying it was in the natural before it ever was in that other movie. But it's harder in the other one. Uh, I, you got to give credit where credit's due. You got to call plagiarism oh, where fair. plagiarism happens and copying happens. Yeah, right, I know, Mike. So, that's a hard pill to swallow, but you know it's true. There's the, there it is, Brad. I knew he couldn't hold out. He had to. It just got interesting. No, I'm. It. I'm freezing. <laughs> no, you're not. Yeah, sure you are. Continue. All right. <laughs> so now, second to last movie, definitely one of the most superhero movies on this entire list. Uh, one that I don't think anybody is ever going to say they don't like, uh, The Sandlot. You know, oh, it's yeah. funny. Look at him. I was so. Look at, look at, look at Mike. So... Look at Mike. Look at Mike. Mike is ham. <laughs> this movie, this movie is everything a superhero movie is. Uh, it's hard to even try to make a comparison for it. Um, I mean, sure. Oh, there's you know, a compa- you, oh, you mean from a superhero standpoint? Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh. No, I mean, you, you can make a couple, but, uh, man, it, it's oh. oof, so hard. It, it basically is its own superhero movie. So I agreed. So, Brad, when Mike and I talked about our list, this was a movie where I basically gave it to Mike. I said, look, yeah. 
you're never gonna convince me that the Sandlot or Rookie of the Year or um, you know movies like that, and there's so many little big league. Mike and I talked about. There are so yep. many films that have been done that really are like the Goonies. You know, it's 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 those those yep. kid-like films that are great. The gang getting together and it uses baseball as a way to do it. I love the Sandlot. I think it's great. But this is where it was very hard because what are we putting on this list as far as are we putting the best made film? Are we putting the movies that we love? Are we putting like whatever? And I said to Mike, I'm great with our list and you can choose between these three or four films what you want to put on it and I have no problem with it. I think The yeah, Sandlot's yeah. great. It's a classic kids movie for me. It's wonderful. Um, I think the characters are terrific. And I also think I've seen this film 25 other times in a million other genres. It's not original. It's not, you know, whatever. It's not really believable at times, but you know what? It's a blast. And it, it definitely stands the test of time as bringing you to your childhood dreams, whatever that was, you know, for Brad, I'm sure it was some treehouse nerding out on comic books or whatever you know for mike i'm sure it was you know in a in a treehouse of imaginary friends nerding out and i think you know for me it's like i bring back the sorry mike i bring back the days of like me going with my friends running to play baseball and basketball and hanging out together and having sleepovers and you know, you had the big bad neighbors and the scary people across the street or all of those things that come to our minds. It's wonderful and you're killing me. Smalls has become iconic. I love The Sandlot. It's enjoyable. Do I think it's a masterpiece of film? Absolutely not. But sometimes you just gotta have a lot of fun. I, I think yeah. it is the baseball equivalent of uh, the Avengers or the first Sam Raimi Spider-Man. Uh, it, it is a lot of fun. Uh, it is absolutely meant for the family. Uh, it, it is a great way to be able to uh, have a very unusual team up of uh, characters that just go very bonkers uh, and be able to get the job done. I mean, you, you even get freaking Darth Vader uh, in this movie uh, and, and a ghost Babe Ruth. And I mean... <laughs> It, I mean, it, it is, it, it's amazing. Such an amazing scene. Wait, Brad, Brad, you get Dennis Leary, for God's sake. You get a young yes. Dennis Leary, man. Like, when have you ever seen Dennis Leary oh. play such a nice, like, un, you know, non... That was probably my biggest thing when I remember watching The Sandlot and before Dennis Leary was Dennis Leary, and I go back and watch it now, and you keep on thinking, oh, yeah. like, Dennis Leary's going to become some scumbag in this, or, like, yeah, whatever, yeah. but he's not. He's just a he's good guy. He's the most simple character. And, by the way, can you get a shout-out? You also get a Karen Allen sighting in this film. I yes. mean, it has everything. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, this movie was, look, I think when me and Zim talked about it, this was one of those, like you said, Zim was like, if he's like, one of these movies is going to be on it. And I'm totally okay with that. And I think my argument for The Sandlot was, was it tackles so many things that we can all relate to. 
Like, we can all relate to being that kind of nerdy kid that doesn't totally fit in. Maybe it's because he moved to a new town. Maybe it's just because, you know, he's trying out something new. Like, being the outcast, finding these ragtag group of kids that come together over something. Like Zim said, like, I, dude, I remember hopping on my bike with my glove and my bat over my shoulder and riding up to the park and spending the entire day there playing ball with all my friends. Um, like, it's, this is so much the coming of age Goonies. Like, these are these kids. This is the bond that they share. It happens over the summer. They're friends for life. But then, like, I really think that the ending gets overlooked where he kind of sits there and he's, as he's narrating, he, they all go off and they all start disappearing from the sandlot. And, you know, life takes them every which way, but, like, he's got that one summer burned into his core memories. And then you go to it, and it goes back to the, the current time, and it's, he's sitting there calling the game from the stand, or he's calling the game from the, the press box, and there's Benny the Jet. He made it. Like, he's the one kid that made it. And, of course, mm -hmm. he's got the picture of them all together from when they were kids and that's like the last thing that you see in the film it's like this was very much the yeah. this was very much the the coming of age like we can all relate it's, to it because we were all it's kids. completely we all not believable and at the same time it is believable it's you know and, i think that oh, it basically is right it, it is yeah. the visualization of what the the, the promise of a, a kid's summer baseball experience could be you know it, it, it is that visual embodiment of all the promise that you are that you feel as a kid about what that summer vacation uh should be like and what the uh the the typical baseball experience is for uh, a young kid and it's... can i also though say i, I want to yeah. in one thing in here though this is a film that gets more and more sad for me as the years go on and I will tell you why and I, I'd love your guys thoughts on this uh, I feel like this has been lost I feel like this mm. this idea you know you look at why the Christmas story was portrayed in the 50s you look at why the Sandlot is portrayed in the 70s you look at why you know so many of these films have to now go back in time um, because we are in a different world, and unfortunately, in most situations, because of technology, and we don't have to have that 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 discussion now. That every time I watch movies like this, or The Goonies, or anything, especially this though, I get more and more sad because I don't think that this really exists anymore. Unfortunately, you know when kids are going to the gyms or the baseball fields their mm -hmm. parents are taking them kids aren't yeah they're hanging out but they're all on their phone they're all doing this other world they're all checking out youtube they're not just let me grab my glove and you know my dad's got this baseball that's what you know what kid wouldn't know babe ruth nowadays because you're googling it you know like this movie couldn't be made today without sure. having to do a time warp back look and so I, when I watch that, I, heard I say, what are kids like nowadays, you know? Yeah. Yeah, there's not Do really a modern equivalent for the experience. Look, yes, yes, 100%. Those are all fantastic points, but also, you brought, you brought up the Babe Ruth scene. Like, I don't think stuff like that goes on anymore. Like, I don't think kids really know the history of the legends that came before them. 
like where Benny has a dream where the ghost of Babe Ruth is sitting there talking to him. And it's like he doesn't want to let his hero down. Like where he sits there and he tells him, like, just remember, kid, heroes get remembered, but legends never die. Like, or you're going that... to you're going to the, the, the pool together and the hot lifeguard mm-hmm. who's, you know, sitting up there and doing all that stuff, played by Marley Shelton, by the way. Um, uh, yep. You know, it's it, it just, it's not like that. Or the new kid in town, you know, going into this situation and they're going to all hang out. Like, it would be about Instagramming. It would be about, you know, it, it's just mm-hmm. so different of a time. And I think that it it when I watch it, it makes me sentimental. It obviously longs for my childhood again that I can't go back to. But at the same time, it makes me concerned and worried because I don't see enough kids on their bikes. I don't see enough kids playing on the baseball diamond. I I feel like adults, it's become much more about helicoptering and hovering and you're in your 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 kids fr- you know what I mean? Like how great is it in yeah, Karen yeah. Allen in that movie where she's like, go get into some trouble. Like, you don't have well, to tell yeah. me. I don't care what go time be a you're kid. home. Who's doing that well, I mean, nowadays? Yeah. Well, I mean, right now, especially, you definitely can't send kids uh, to go hang out in big groups at the uh, the, the local pool. That too. I mean, that you too. know. But and no, then yeah, also, but, but you're like, right. But, but no, but Brad, you're seriously. But it's like, ah. and 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 again, like a lot of our, a lot of for me, the innocence of being a kid before technology yeah. really hit has been taken away from yeah. us, and the growing up moments of kids going to a pool and pulling the stunt on the lifeguard or fighting the big bad bully or scared of the dog in the yard it's just a different world and and i'm not saying positive or negative but for me it actually makes it kind of sad at the end and i don't know if i'm the only one i don't know whatever but i feel like it's the true loss of innocence in a sense but sure Uh, no look a hundred percent and then of course you even get the the famous scene where you know Benny brings out the secret weapon, PF flyers, shoes guaranteed to make a kid run faster and jump higher. Like, right. of course, we all know that shoes don't make kids run faster and jump higher, but like no, but that Red childlike will give innocence you of like, it will give you, that's true. That is true. But like you said, it's almost like kids aren't kids anymore. Like, you don't see that anymore where like kids will go out there and just be kids, right? Yeah. Like. Yeah. The whole scene, like yeah. you said, like it's it's an unbelievable film because of like how over the top it is. But remember, it's being narrated from the aspect of a kid. It's supposed to be that over the top. Like mm. you're supposed to try to see it through like, like if you remember back, how many times did you do something where you were like looking back at it? You're like, you know, maybe that wasn't such an amazing display of athleticism <laughs> or talent or whatever. Oh my but God, the moment, describing you were like, his life. Crap. I know, right? <laughs> Mike, that's amazing. But you I look back on it and say that. <sighs> yeah, right, I broke whatever. Brad again. That was genius. Out of his own mouth, Brad. We didn't even have to say it. <laughs> and with that, we're going to go ahead and jump ahead to the final movie on our list. And in order to be able to you, really pull myself back together, last shot of Go-Go Juice. The last one. You're going to need it for this. Ugh. Okay. And now the conspiracy theories really kick in. We have oh, Field of Dreams. Oh. oh. 
I'm, I'm, I'm already crying. So you you oh, have I, a uh, you you have a a hero that is inspired mm. by a, uh, a, a a journalist, a, a sports writer. Uh, I feel like you can see some parallels here to um, uh, oh yeah, that other movie uh, that that is uh, so famously centered Oof. around the uh, interactions of a, a superhero and a, a journalist. Um, Ben Affleck's uh, Daredevil. Yeah, the only problem oh, with Daredevil is that, that that happened a little later than Field of Dreams. Can we just say that? I mean, you can't blame Field of Dreams for... Uh... I actually like Daredevil, and I'm one of the few people, by the way, but... Um... Hey, it involves dead people, too. I'm just saying. Uh... Okay. <laughs> dead people that resurrect in some form or another... I mean, now you're just, I don't know where you're going with this. Um, yeah. Mike, do you want to begin? Do you want to, where do you want to go with this? This is, I mean, this well, is, think, this was our unanimous, we said no list, but yep. this was yes. our unanimous number one, oh, no, we absolutely. both agreed, yep. greatest baseball absolutely. sports movie of all time. Like this is my top ten. This is my top ten. Talked. This is on my top ten films of all and, time, period. Yep. Not just baseball movies. Like all. All of the things that we talked about in previous films, like capturing the nostalgia of, of times past and seeing things through like childlike wonder and everything like that, and the father and total son fantasy and remembering like America. the natural, even even further fantasy on this, like you said, dead yep. ghost of our past being transported yep. to 1970 whatever Minnesota, you know that nothing yep. makes sense in this. There's no there's no limits there's no boundaries there's no nope. none of it. it it's all just you have to go along for the and ride and believe it all so it's mike so we actually have a comment top, over on facebook uh directed at you specifically uh from uh okay your buddy michael uh okay. david he says uh field of dreams yep. is overrated change my mind oh he's a piece of shit change my mind okay I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that. I. I well, here. Here's what I would like to ask. This is Michael. You Sorry. said who's doing it? Okay. And I don't know Michael, but I will say, I think I need a little more specific uh, specificity with that. Which is why so does he think it's overrated? Because that could help the discussion. I guess we'll go here if he wants to respond to that and say this is why or if he just doesn't get it or what the hype is or anything like that. Um Mike, go ahead. You you obviously know the person, but I, I always ask that to people who just give the generalized is it over you know, I feel it's overrated. They gotta tell me why they think it's overrated. No, I think that's fair. But I think look, like for me, like you and I talked about, like all of the things that encompass literally everything we've talked about in the past films, the past seven films of this count, this movie does and then some. Like this is the this is the looking back on a time when life was so much simpler and you know, people were just enamored with the past and like the the amazing you know, baseball or America's like a locomotive. It's been torn down and rebuilt and torn down and rebuilt again, but the one constant's been baseball. And yep. you know, it. And then look, I I will admit I cry like a bitch every time I watch this movie. Like I ugly girl cry, because yeah. you get to the end of the movie and it's it's it, look it's something that we I think I think it's something that we all 
can relate to, right? It's the relationship between fathers and sons. And it's, it's fathers and the, sons, yes. Here's the, the story's going this way. You think that he's going to be saving the soul of Shoeless Joe Jackson, who was his dad's hero, and all of this, and he never got to reconcile with his dad, and he never... And then you get to that scene where it's, if you build it, he will come. And Shoeless Joe just walks off, and there he is, takes off the catcher's mask, and turns, and he looks at him, and it's just like, oh... Like See, to, to me, to me, no. Mike, I agree with everything you're saying. To me, this film is brilliant for the simplicity. Now, for the mm. simpl Oh, here we go. The simplicity mm. of it. Uh, I get it. I get it. This film is so simplistic and yet so yep. complicated. Um, it's a mm, film yep. about, like Mike is saying, but it goes deeper than Father of Sons. It's a film about forgiveness. It's a film about second chances. Yeah. It's a film about memory. It's a film that dives into uh, so many tough things that unlike a Forrest Gump, which is in your face with the history of who we are as a country, this movie does it in a much more simplistic, much more thought-provoking way where you have to dive between the layers. And yep. it has everything in this from a guy who goes off to destroy his corn farm. Why is he even there, right? He's there because yep. the world had changed and he was a hippie and he had gone to Berkeley and met his wife there and they want to escape this crazy world and just go somewhere where it made sense so they decide let's go to Iowa you know and he is running away from the demons of his father who he decided to leave the house and run away because he was held in this like conservative world where his dad just wanted him to be a successful baseball player and he's tried to basically always be the dad that his dad wasn't to him with his daughter and 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 be the husband that that his dad never was to his mother and what you get is you have so many damaged characters in this shoeless joe jackson terrence mann you see our country fighting against in a board meeting about banning books um, that, that, yep. that talks about the history of where we are as a violent society and nobody has the right to have creativity or stand up against aggression to a guy who became a doctor because he never got the chance to have that moment of trying to make it as a baseball player. And he goes on to heal so many kids, but he didn't get the fame that he thought he could get. I mean, to as nope. simple again as, as playing catch with your dad. Um, and then it nope. ends with, if you build it, he will come go the distance in this magical moment mixing in with, none of it makes sense, by the way. Again, I can't stress it enough. It doesn't come together like a nicely, you know, packaged birthday present with a bow. Sure. Is this sure. heaven? Is this Iowa? And I don't mean I want you guys to fill in, but it doesn't make sense. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter that it doesn't make sense. Because no, the it, genius it, of the film is about what you can't explain rather than what you can explain. 
Well, and I mean, so much of the uh, the inspiration uh, or inspirational aspect of the movie, so much of the uh, the daddy issues, uh, regret of past decisions, the all, all that. Um, in a bit more serious sense, it really does have uh, a lot of connections to most of the themes that ran throughout uh, the uh, MCU's Phase 1 movies. Uh, there, there's a lot of similar concepts that are uh, addressed, it just happens to be all condensed into one movie rather than across multiple. Um, and because it was condensed down to a single movie, it does make a lot more uh, since it's a lot more cohesive story uh, in Field of Dreams and it's a lot more impactful because it all comes all at once, one after another after another, until you finally get to the big climax and you're left emotionally drained by the end of it. Uh, it, it is a fantastic yes. movie and uh, no, I, I totally agree that uh, there is no top baseball movie that would uh, be complete without this. It, 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 I think it goes back and forth between baseball. I, I, there's so many connections that I feel like a person who watches this film, ten people could go into this movie and watch it, guys, and they could come up with come out with ten different responses on what they thought the film was about. You know, because oh, yeah. I think it hits yeah. it hits you personally in your own mm -hmm. world. That it it and I think that's the genius of it. And I think that someone who completely could care less about baseball, Brad, or sports, can watch this film and come out of it and may have a feeling that has nothing to do with sports, nothing to do with baseball, and you have your own inner conflicts, inner past history, inner things, whether it be daddy issues, whether it be family issues, whether it be the end of an era of society, whether it be our country and our history and whatever that is, you will walk away from this. And it's also really much right about the ghosts of our past, whether it be literal ghost or, you know, in our own mindset. And it it haunts you. And I think your whole life for me, and I'll, and I'll just throw this in, for me as a Jewish person, Every year we celebrate Yom Kippur, and that's our Day of Atonement. And to me, this is a film that when I sit there in synagogue every year, and I'm reading through the way of asking people for forgiveness, which is what you as a Jewish person are supposed to do. It's not just about thinking about it. You're supposed to literally go to that person and say, if I've done anything to you this year, I ask forgiveness from you for those things that I've done, whether knowledgeable or unknowledgeable. But this film always comes to my mind on so many Yom Kippur's because he, Ray Kinsella is this person who holds all of this in and he's trying to be honest with his daughter and his wife and himself and it's that lack of forgiveness, not even for his dad, but a lack of forgiving himself for what yeah. he's done. Um, and I think that you see that throughout the film with Terrence Mann. You see that throughout the film with the Dr. Burt Lancaster's character who's then played so well by Frank Whaley later. You see that from her brother, Amy Madigan's character of that you can only see the action in the film if you believe and you're willing you to seek forgiveness yep. and you're willing to yep. atone for what you've done. 
Um, and those, remember, it's not a coincidence that it's the Black Sox again. It's not a coincidence yep. that it's all of these guys who had done something wrong and are looking for heaven and looking for forgiveness. And it shows even his own father, Kevin Costner, trying to find that same forgiveness and atonement at the end. And it's it's just so brilliant and so simple all at the same time to me. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's well, it's a film that's it's a film that's about so much more than baseball, right? Yeah. Like like you said, it's about forgiveness, it's about life, it's about being able to take a look at your past mistakes and move forward. But like the film itself even talks about stuff like that. Like where they're sitting there and he's like, Can you believe this? And he's like, No, I can't. And he's like, This is perfect. Like everything right now is perfect to when you get to the moment before the big reveal where Ray's sitting there and he looks at Shoeless Joe Jackson and he's like, why don't I get to go out there? We weren't invited. He's like, what do you mean? He's like, everything I've done is for you. He's like, and not once have I asked, you know, what's in it for me? So what's in it for what's me? In it for me? <laughs> and also, by the he's way... He's like, well, is that why you did this, Ray? For, for you? you? All, the other thing, and yeah. by the way, let's also not forget the brilliant roles, right? It's, it's our first introduction really to Ray Liotta. He hasn't done Goodfellas yet at that moment. It's our yep. first introduction to Gabby Hoffman, who goes on to do unbelievable things as a child actress. It's our first introduction. Um, also, by the way, look, you know, James Earl Jones, Kevin Costner, this is his, like, he had done these other films, but Kevin Costner, like, this is his biggest moment at that point, I think, to date of what you see him as an actor, he becomes the great Kevin Costner after this. And Mike, it's sure. not baseball, it's baseball. <laughs> All right. It, it well, is, man. Like, it is such an amazing film. It really is. Well, guys, we have officially broken the two-hour mark, wow. and uh, we, we are down mm. to one viewer that keeps jumping back in and out. So I, I think... Oh, by the way, quick little wall. thing for you. Isn't it funny, Brad, before I cut you off, that the guy who plays Brad Pitt... I mean, Brad Pitt. It always comes back to Brad Pitt. The guy who plays Babe Ruth in Sandlot is also the guy who plays Eddie Sakoti in Field of Dreams. It's fair. Just another throwback. The tie-ins go. They're they're endless. They're endless. Nope. All right, guys. Well, this has been an experience. Uh, I, well, I, I got to say, I it's, it, well, it's, I... it's been interesting. I, well, you know, the the old saying about baseball is is that it's a marathon, not a sprint. So I think this is actually rather appropriate. <laughs> we went extra innings, Brad. There's no time limit in baseball. You know that. That's true. That's Poor true. Brad. Brad, you win the MVP. Uh, okay, so no, with That's the most valuable that. player, Brad. <laughs> With that, uh, guys, if you are actually still here, you are a <laughs> champ for actually surviving this long. Uh, please do not forget, if you have not already, uh, to like the video and follow us over on Facebook and oh, like the video it, and subscribe on YouTube if you want to be able to see more of what we do. And, of course, 
Uh, if you like our stuff but don't always have time for the videos, you can check out the audio for all everything that we got uh, over on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. And of course, do not forget to go Stan check out Stitcher. our friend David over on the Last Call Podcast. Uh, Down there again. Actual sports talk over there. Uh, it's and, an honor, guys. Yeah. I love being on this. You guys do an amazing job. You really, really do. And I love being on the show. And yeah, the Last Call Podcast, and we're going to have Mike on soon. So for all my Last Call Podcast listeners who tune into this as well, I, it shows that you can be a sports fan, but I also have some nerd and Dallas geek in me too. But it's always a pleasure, guys. It's an honor. You guys do an amazing job. Hey, 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 shh. You weren't supposed to talk about that. that that's just between us. You you, you only had a little Dallas geek in you uh, oh, once. <clears throat> oh, oh, I can admit it. I've got a little Dallas geek in me. A little bit. It's 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 been yeah. passed like COVID from you guys to me. <laughs> There it is. I got him. I got him, Mike. I wanted him off frame for one moment. I always get Brad off frame for one moment, and there it is. Look at the hair. He looks like Cameron Diaz now in Something About Mary. <laughs> <laughs> oh, was that a It was worth oh, great. I two some. hours for that right there. Oh, With that, guys, thank you so much for <laughs> suffering alongside me. Um... Please don't forget to uh, come check us out again when we are uh, live. Uh, I believe the next time is going to be uh, next week because I, I think, Mike, you and I uh, are both going to be busy the rest of this week. But next week, yeah. And uh, for uh, those of you who have actually been paying attention to our Instagram stories uh, or Facebook stories, uh, the new studio is coming along and should be finished. Uh, a couple more weeks. Wow. So maybe you'll studio. get to see that soon. And, Whoa. And, yeah. and, just remember, guys. The other reason for the bags on my Friday. ass. I'll see y'all out there. Well, somebody will. I'm not going to join you. I'll be out there out seeing in the theater it. for that. But you, you, you do you, boy. You, hey, you do God you, bless you, Brad. I will God risk my, you, hey, I will risk my life for Christopher Nolan. We know, Mike. That's your problem because he really cares about you. He does. <laughs> With that, guys, thank you so much. I'm Brad. That's Mike. That's David. We're Dallas Geek. See ya. <laughs>